live from a remote location deep in the cave of Baseball Haven, it is the Ozone. I'm your Osama Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, also known as Trolling Terry, also known as the Icons. How you feeling? I'm feeling also known as the Contrarian Terry. <laughs> also known as the Contrarian Terry, you gonna bury the series? That's what I'm telling mm-hmm. Drop that hot 16 on them. Well, folks, this is our time of the year, so we wanted to give you a daily dose, analyzing the games, saying what's going down in the, the league championship series, both American and National League. And uh, let, let's get started. Let's start with your guys. The Houston Astros are coming up short. What is going on out there in one of the more exciting and exhausting games you'll see in league championship history that happened yesterday, game for down in Houston? We're on the road. The Mookie Bates, the Mookie Bets catch. This is what everybody is talking about. The, the Benatendi or the Mookie Bets? The Mookie Bets. The Mookie Bets, the home run. Oh, that, that, was, that was even even most of the major leaguers, MLBers, are saying that that was gone. Mookie went into the territory into the territory of the fan. If you do that, then you have to it, – it's the fan's ball. What is the fan supposed to do? Get out of the way so that Mookie can catch the ball? You're actually in the seats at this point. The ball – Mookie just happens to be a great athlete. He is the best player in baseball, regardless of what people say. I've been shouting it from the mountaintops. But we can't assume that Mookie's going to catch that ball. That's that's affirmation that we just can't do. We can't say that, and that's what Joe West did. The game has passed Joe West by, and Joe West needs to. They need to figure that out real quick because these umpires are hurting the game. Wow, big Joe West, Trader Joe. I think it is time for Trader Joe to wrap it up. I think everybody can agree on that. Um, side note: I'd like to see Mookie Betts in his dunk contest because Mookie has hops. He got up. I mean, he got up. <laughs> Yes, they about 11 feet, at least. That's King James' ass. They say the fence, the fence is seven feet, and honestly, it looked like his belt was close to the top of the fence. Like, he, he, yeah, he, had to be, he was above the rim. Come on now, let's not play. He's above the rim. Dipset, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I, I mean, I think James Harden was impressed. Yeah, and then you know what, though? That's two runs that they didn't hit that ended up making lose the game. Joe West earlier in the series got hit by uh, a throwing ball, a bad throw. They should have gone into center field. Yeah, they should have gone into center field that ended up costing the Astros. So we're not blaming Joe West for the Astros losing, but the Astros are having problems right now because actually the better team at this point is the Red Sox. Which is evidenced by the record. I mean, it's not like we're surprised because we're so used to seeing Houston roll. And when Houston rolls, it's a thing of beauty. But uh, the Red Sox won 108 games for a reason. Yeah, and Houston is rolling. They are rolling, but the thing of it is that they're counteracting that with great defense. I mean, the catch that Andrew Benatendi made in the game was, was unbelievable. That was an, a great catch. And then Mookie Betts throwing out um, Tony Kemp, Kemp who, who has crazy burners at second, who shouldn't have been, by the way, going to second. That's a mistake that you usually don't see the Astros players make, you know, because that was like hero ball. They didn't need him there at that point. They just needed him on base. They just needed him on base. He could have – He it, it was eight to five. Yeah, you getting to scoring position means nothing. You need another base runner. To and, that run, and that run would have counted because George Springer came up with, a do, I do believe, a knock. And who was after Tony Kemp? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bregman got a knock, and then George Springer got a knock. And that would have been a run, and that would have been a lot more pressure. And then pressure changes the games. And this is where the analytics of it all is flawed because analytics can't put in the how how I was raised or where I'm from if I can take – you know, certain situations because analytics don't, they don't factor that in. They factor in my tendencies and habits, but not under pressure. You know what I'm saying? 
I know exactly what you're saying, and I and I agree with you. I'm not a fan of analytics in baseball. I think they're overrated. I don't think the analytics have won a championship yet, to be honest. But, but they help you lose. I mean, because I do believe that we're not going to we're not speaking on it right now. But the Dodgers situation. Look at what happened when they put up the spray chart for Max Muncie, and I do believe that the Astros. I mean, that the uh, Brewers were playing them an analytic version of that in their shift. And he just so happened, Max Muncy actually just so happened to hit the ball where he never hits it. Well, let's stay on, on task. It, we're, we're here with this, with this Red Sox Astros series and the Astros, uh, surprisingly, I, you know, and I really like what AJ Hinch said after the game, he said, listen, that game doesn't, that play doesn't make the game. There's a lot more baseball to be played. We're in the first inning, but at the same time, obviously we believe it's a home run that Jose Altuve was penalized for. But one of the pieces that was amazing is, was that they called him out. They called him out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. They assumed that Mookie was going to make a catch. Jumping 11 feet high and you're and into the stands, you're saying that Mookie was going to make that catch if the fan wasn't there. That's a guarantee. So we clear off the stadium and let Mookie do it again and see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. It makes no sense. I, right. just, I just I feel like AJ was being politically correct, not trying to get on the ump's bad side. There are everything like that because yeah. when you when you listen to the other guys speak about it after the game, they everybody disagrees. <laughs> Upset. Uh, uh, Chef is upset. Jimmy Rollins is upset. Shimmer Jones changes soon. Like, uh, uh, you know, me, myself, I think one of the most beautiful things that we're seeing this year, and and obviously we'll never put it to rest, but it should be put to rest, is Mookie Betts is making it very clear that he's the best baseball player on the planet. Yeah. This is, and this is in prime time. And the other guys, like you said, <laughs> are right, at the house. Speaking, they're at the house watching the game. They're not they're at the house watching Mookie Betts. In exactly. Now, I get into a debate all over Twitter with people and even at the stadium about manufacturing runs. One of the things that we're seeing that the Red Sox and the Astros are doing, but primarily the Red Sox, is they keep the pressure on Houston uh, defensively. And and Houston plays great defense. But they keep the pressure on you by getting a base hit, by stealing a bag, by taking a walk. And next thing you know, somebody does hit an extra base hit or a home run. But it's it's not uh they're not playing hero ball. They're not looking for the home run. They're They're playing in the right way. We're getting three hits and that resulting in two runs. Right. Because that's that's why what Tony Kemp did was sort of out of character for the Astros because they usually don't play like that. And Tony Kemp is not a um, uh, everyday players, so he. I, I think that, I think that's I think that had a lot to do with it. Yeah, but, um, but the normal guys like Marwin Gonzalez, who usually plays in left and whatnot, they'll take the knock and stay there. You know, because you have to figure, you have to recognize that Mookie Betts. You have to recognize who's out in the def- on defense. Mookie Betts is a two player. Even even in that situation, even if I don't care if it's uh, Sid Bream in the outfield, when yeah. your run doesn't matter. Nothing that that you you you've made the hero play by leading off against their closer in the eighth and putting pressure on. You're a fast guy, so now there's just pressure on him in general. Right, and, and it was just a mental mistake, and those are the mistakes that you can't make. Why well, you came back and on him, just like that home run? I don't agree. Like I'm going back to that home run, I just don't agree because you're saying that it doesn't. AJ Hinch is saying that it doesn't change the outcome of the game, but it really does. Well, you never know what's going to happen. That's the thing. It's like those role play video games. It could, it could. Once you go down this path, who knows? Rick Marcello might fall apart. You, exactly. you don't know what could happen. But I don't think that, mo- that momentum away from them that they had in the first because they hit it, they got two runs, you know. So yeah. now we we came back on them with two runs, at least two, at least two. Yeah. So 
He came back with at least two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say enough about the fact that the Boston Red Sox have two, three center fielders out there that cover ground like you haven't seen in a very long time. That is, yeah, and they play center field. Uh, they play left field like center field. <laughs> I mean, Andrew Bellatini risked it all last night for the game. And this is after having a monster game at the plate. He risked it all on that play because if he misses that ball and the ball gets by him, the game is over. The game is over either way. He either makes the catch or he doesn't. And I, I can't say enough about this kid. We've talked about Andrew Benintendi for years, for the, since we've been doing the podcast. And people, he's a really underrated dude. And he's, he's only been up, what, this will be, next year will be his third year. He yeah. up, this is a year and a half now. And I think that he has the potential to be one of the best players, if not the best player in the game as well, because he, he does, sure does. Everything, everything well. And you can see that he's composed under pressure. And then, uh, that that leads me to something else that we talked about off of here that I want you to bring up, which is George Springer and one of the things that you think made him makes him able to to switch gears and chirp out in the big situation. Yeah, and that's because I do believe that with his stuttering or stammering problem, that he probably can focus a little bit more and control himself a little bit more, and not letting the pressure get to him so that he can you know so he can perform in these situations. Because usually, people who have speech problems. When they have to speak in public, they have to, you know, they, they learn how to slow themselves down. And I think that he's applying that in the games, really, because what he's doing now is extraordinary. You can, yeah. you, that doesn't grow on trees. You just have bombs in the postseason, and this is only his second postseason. <laughs> right? This is outrageous. I mean, this is, if this was a regular season, this would be the equivalent of him being on pace to hit 100 home runs in the regular season. And he he does it under pressure. Anytime the Astros need something, he's there. So yeah, he'd be on pace to, to hit like a hundred bombs if this was that. And and we're seeing it. One thing that I'm impressed with slash a uh, little concerned with is seeing AJ Hinch feeling the need to make adjustments because uh, it's not like they're not scoring. But I think that the the issue here is the roles have been reversed. It is the Houston Astros bullpen who can't get guys out, whereas the Red Sox bullpen is getting the job done. Not lights out like we're seeing in these other uh, the, the National League Championship Series, but they're able to stop guys from, you know, they, they're, they're getting just enough done. Why in the world Josh James, who does 102 miles an hour, gets beat on a changeup for a, a three-run jack is just, I, this is mind-boggling but this is going on all through baseball now even in the Dodgers series or whatever what what guys are doing is not getting beat with their best stuff and that's what you didn't get back in the day from the John Smoltz and the Roger Clemens and the Nolan Ryan's if you beat them you beat them with their best you're not going to beat me if I throw 102 miles an hour on my secondary pitch you never you never see that from the greats yeah so you never see that from like uh, above average guys in, in the you know before the game changed with analytics and everything and before velocity became everything, it's it's pretty amazing. You'd never beat Todd Worrell on a secondary pitch. No, no, you're gonna beat him on his cheese, and not to say that you can't. Not to say that you can't, but I want to see it. That's what Todd Worrell is it. and I'm not a believer that you're going to consistently do it, which is very unfortunate because that James kid did do it. He had done a great job. He's done a great him. job up until that point, man. And, and now you speak about Jackie uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. He's somebody else that's performing. They woke the sleeping giant up at the bottom of the lineup. Their bottom of the lineup is producing. And you come to find that in all of these series, the teams that are winning right now are, you know, usually are getting a little bit more production from the bottom of the lineup. You can't beat the Boston Red Sox if one through nine is hitting. 
It's not gonna, you're not gonna beat him. Not even with the mighty Houston Astros. One through nine is hitting, you got problems. Because a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. is so streaky that when he starts hitting, he's hitting. Like when he starts hitting, he's like, uh, you know, Babe Ruth out there. He's hitting all over the place and he's got crazy speed. And you can see it the way that he stands in the box now. It's crazy. Oh man, man. I think that that some of that's gonna get a script. Today, <laughs> JV is on the mound, and he's going to give him the power. A lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on the horse out there today. Uh, last thing I want to cover before we talk about today's game is Craig Kimbrell. What, since when did Craig Kimbrell become so suspect? Craig Kimbrell's given up five earned runs this series, I want to say, but either this between this series and the last series. I don't know what he used to be lights out. Well, now he's a wild boy. <laughs> he's a wild boy. You know, Pedro Martinez brought up something crazy. I don't know if you watched it. Yeah, I did. I heard what he said. He said that he's picking up his target too late. And, and I can believe that because his stuff is there. He's still coming hard. The ball is crazy moving. He just can't put it where he wants to put it. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm back on him. And I, what I like is what Cora said to him when he was in the dugout because he had David Price warming up and he just yelled out to him on the, on the bump and told him, let's go. <laughs> he was like, hey, man. I don't. I, you're my closer. I'm not supposed to have anybody warming up behind you. You're, this is your job. Close it. Close it. Close it. You know he needed to close it. He opened the door and to the chair with the door. It was an altar call. Yeah, it was a spiritual down there in Houston. Yeah. Well, today, you got you have to feel good about it. If anybody can come back from down 3-1, it's the Houston Astros with Justin Verlander and Gary Cole. How do you feel about today's game, Gary Cole versus David Price? I mean, sorry, Justin Verlander versus David Price. Honestly, I feel like the Houston Astros, to me, are still favored in this series, even though they're down 3-1, just because... They have two front-line pitchers, and, the, and the, um, the Red Sox are scrambling to get starters right now. So the next few games are going to be bullpen games, basically, for the, the Red Sox. We can't trust David Price. Everybody knows, and I think that he's going to be on one of the shortest leashes known to mankind. He can't take his dog out of him. He got to tell you his poodle because, uh, because – he he hasn't been able to perform in big time situations. If you can't perform in these big and this is not like once or twice. This has been ever since he's been in the league. So we can't believe that he's going to do it today against Justin Verlander. He's he can't give up anything. And the Astros right. are going to come out and play the game the right way. One of the adjustments that you were talking about that that the Astros did make, which I didn't really agree with, but it didn't hurt George Springer, was moving Bregman up to the one hole, which is not bad. But they're trying to make the um the, make the the Red Sox pitch to him. And I don't think that they, they're not going to pitch to him. That's just something that he, that Bregman's going to have to learn how to live with and, and get his pitch and never miss it, you know? Yeah. Which he's good enough to do. Yeah. He's good enough to do. And, uh, and, and as predicted, uh, here on the Ozone, Charlie Morton had a rough go. And mm-hmm. again, his stuff was good. Wasn't like his stuff wasn't good. He had just had a rough go and it looked like, just like everybody was saying, fatigue from not actually pitching. Yeah. You this is the embarrassment of riches that they have. Right. You swept, him, you swept the Cleveland Indians, so Charlie never got his, his opportunity to throw. So he hasn't really pitched since the regular season. And that's not good. I and expect a good outing from Charlie Morton if he goes to a game seven. Yeah. Um, I would take him over Keigel. 
I would take him over Keiko, even though they'll probably go with Keiko because he's the franchise guy. I would take him over Keiko. All right, let's move to the National League. The National League game, I was there, folks. I was there. Front row, look for the kid, Chavez Ravine. Dodgers got the win 5-2. to two. Maybe the most important thing in the world that happened is Puig hit me a foul ball. I was under it. Some Brewers fan ran up and put his hat over my hand, and I caught a lot of flack from Stephen Vogt and other players on the Milwaukee Brewers. I have, I have to admit it. great uh great adjustments by the dodgers in this sense the dodgers found success in going up the middle and going the other way it's what we've been screaming it was how we were taught to play the game it's how everybody in the world was taught to play the game up until about 15 years ago and which is the small ball manufacturing runs the big guys hit bombs. This is how the game works. And this is also why teams like Japan are perennial winners of the World Baseball Classic because yeah. they play the game the right way. Uh, but let's talk about the analytics room in the game once again and how they trolled the analytics. I'm very impressed with what Craig Council did yesterday, and I hope that it, it catches on. Yeah, and a lot of people are upset with the guy. I feel like it was genius because he made the Dodgers – Put out a lineup that was conducive to the matchup that he wanted to set with Woodruff. So you let – and it worked. It, Woodruff gave up one Ernie, and he, he wouldn't have even given up that one Ernie. I mean, there's so many things that had to fall into place for the Dodgers to get that run and to get ahead, you know, and to come back like that. And if, you can't put that on Brandon Woodruff because he pitched a great game. I mean, he literally pitched a great game. Clayton Kershaw was just that much better. And it's awesome to watch Clayton Kershaw be able to perform without his best stuff. It's a, it's this is where you hear people throwing around the goat term a little too loosely, in my opinion, uh, in general in sports. But this is why you're looking at a guy who could be the greatest of all time mm-hmm. because he doesn't have his best stuff. And whether that's because of injury or whether that's because he didn't, you know, throw enough fastballs. Either way it goes, he's not pumping 94 to 96, but he's still getting guys out. And I'm here to tell you, I almost jumped on the field myself and got tackled by Homeland Security when they put out Puig on the on-deck circle in the bottom of the fifth inning to pinch it for Kirsch. And thank God Austin Barnes got a knock. Uh, a lot of people at the stadium were saying it was subterfuge. They were never planning on taking him out. I think they were planning on taking him out. Because the Dodgers live by analytics, and analytics probably told them that that was the thing to do. Right. And, and I, I mean – I wish Dave Roberts would uh, coach or manage that game, not saying that he doesn't because I really don't know, but I wish I feel like he should manage the game like he used to play the game because I've watched him play. And he was well, that, and this is what that scrappy type player. You know what I'm saying? This is what ended up happening. Yeah. Chris Taylor got a single. RCA made an error. Chris Taylor heads up. He moves to second base on the air. He takes third base in what could have been the biggest play of the whole game. Nobody's even talking about it. Right. Takes third base because the shift is on and Moustakis is playing like on the grass. Right. Takes third, which puts all kind of pressure on the hitter, on the, on the defense. Of course, Kike Hernandez decides he wants to hit a home run and strikes out. Yeah, I mean, he was swinging for the downs. Like, dude, <clears throat> just get some lifts on the ball. I mean, put the ball in play. Let's go back to the ultimate fundamentals. Let's just get contact. Because yeah, if, if you try to hit a sacrifice fly, but that wasn't a sacrifice fly cut. That was a that was a home run ball game part. Yeah. Sure, sure was. That was a walk off bomb cut. And uh, yeah, and and it's they almost didn't get it done, right? And they almost didn't get it done. Austin Barnes, who honestly should 
she should be started from here on out uh, because yeah. Grandal hasn't been able to get it done. And Austin Barnes clutched up again, just like he clutched up in Milwaukee and got that big bases loaded walk. He clutched up again, got the knock up the middle, which set up the inning. Kirsch gets on uh, Bellinger, actually, who I, I'm still, I still believe Cody Bellinger. I don't even know if there's a place for him in the major leagues, to be honest. I, I don't, I'm, this is, this is what would make Cody Bellinger and the Dodgers a formidable force, is what he did yesterday with runners on first and second. Yeah. He hit a ball over the shortstop's head. Yeah. And it scored the run. I'm here to tell you, if Cody Bellinger goes other, the other way and up the middle, just like we're seeing with Max Muncy, as you alluded to earlier, the Dodgers are an entirely different team. For some reason... They do that sporadically throughout the year, and then they go into these droughts where they decide they got to pull everything and pop everything up and swing for the downs. Justin Turner got straight to the ball and went up the middle. And this is their whole success was based on going up the middle and going the opposite way. Yeah, but for me, even with Cody Bellinger getting the knock that he that he got over the shortstop's head, my problem with it more so than anything, because when you watch a lot of the professional at bats or the really good hitters, it's intentional. His is not intentional, and that's the problem with me, because you can see that he's just pretty much what they call in baseball is bailing on the pitch. And yeah. so he's, he's bailing, and he and he, you still a knock, but that's not intentional. He, he didn't go up there. For me, he didn't go up there with a game plan to say, you know what, I'm shortening up and going the other way. He's up there trying not to strike out now. Which is what we've seen since last, uh, since the, the the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. since the, since the World Series last year, and it's going to be interesting though because now that they've seen the success of the small ball, will they stay with it or will they abandon it? Um, and I think this is going to determine the Dodgers' fate, both against the the Brewers and whoever they play in the in the World Series if they make it. Unfortunately for the Brewers, the Brewers have have, uh, have digested and been infected with the disease. Clayton Kershaw struck out nine guys over seven yesterday, and honestly, I would have thrown him eight. But I might have even thrown him nine because um, things did get dicey there at the end of the game. If anybody didn't watch to the end, but um, Clayton Kershaw struck out nine guys, nine of them on the curveball, nine of them on the breaking ball of some sort, either a slider or a curveball. He didn't strike anybody out on the cheese. Which, if you're in the dugout for the Milwaukee Brewers, you have to say, oh, he knows that he can't beat me with the cheese. Which means I need to know that he can't beat me with the cheese. And I go up there looking for that something that's not, well, he's not throwing that hard anyway for you to be devastated like that. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So 90 is is not that hard for a major league, you know. And and the thing is, is they're not, and they, they, this is why I said they were infected with the disease. Because they're not interested in going up the middle. They weren't interested in going the other way. And they paid for it. Well, and I think that, but I, you know what? I, I can't blame that on because Kershaw's breaking curveball, his 12 to 6, is way above average. Oh, it comes out of the same, yeah, and it comes out of the same arm slot. But the problem is that he had lost it in the past where he didn't throw it anymore. He brought it out now, and these guys are like, what in the world? Where, why yeah. did he start throwing this again? So they, yeah, and the game is moving too fast for them a lot of times to make adjustments like that because you remember the pitcher that he used to be and not the pitcher that you're facing now. You know wow, what I'm that's saying? a great point. That, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And that's how they're treating them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and honestly, yesterday they weren't going to hit him. Yesterday, I was there. Uh, I was in the front row. Clayton Kershaw looked like Clayton Kershaw. He didn't have 94, 95, but he was putting the ball where he wanted it. And he actually got squeezed a little bit yesterday. And mm-hmm. and and he still, you know, and he still was able to, to get it done. Um, 
for me, the, the adjustments that need to be made for Milwaukee is to figure out what's going on with Jesus Aguilar and maybe move a Christian Yelich down to take some of that pressure off of him. But Jesus <laughs> Aguilar is hurting the team right now. I was about to say, or take Aguilar out, put in Domingo Santana, and or and or Travis Shaw. You got to get some. You got to get some production out of the four hole, and they're not yeah. getting it. The biggest problem I had with the game yesterday with the Dodgers since they got the win is I didn't see Matt Kemp. Guys, there's no way that you can expect a Matt Kemp or a Brian Dozier to be okay with coming off the bench for a Kiki Hernandez or another guy that's a spot player or a guy that's not even an outfielder. But I don't think that you can win a championship if he's not playing. So that's bottom line for me. I don't think that the Dodgers can win a championship if Matt Kim doesn't play. The only way that they have the potential of winning the championship is if Matt Kim is in that lineup every day. And herein lies the, the beauty. The Dodgers will not have home field advantage no matter who they play if they make it to the World Series. So I would imagine Matt Kemp becomes a DH. You would imagine that, but I don't believe it. Well, but you never know. But, you, but, but stranger things have happened. Because Going into the game on Friday, I think, uh, I think Hunjin Ryu throws another solid five to six innings. I, I really like Hunjin Ryu. I like what he's doing. The last game, though, he didn't go five. Yeah, and, uh, again, I, I don't think the Dodgers played the best baseball. Me personally, oh, one thing that we skipped over that I wanted to cover is Maldonado hurting you guys for the Astros. Oh, yeah. Uh, catchers, there's a great article out right now about catchers not catching the baseball, by the way. Go catch that, guys. I think it's on ESPN where I read it. There's a serious problem going on. Yeah, and I think that if if you're if you have a son right now and you teach it and you want to show him or teach him how to play baseball and fast track him to the MLB, teach him how to catch <laughs> because they're, they're they need him in the league. There are a lot of holes in catching right now. Unbelievable. I mean, Maldonado has cost them probably two games now. <laughs> several runs. Yeah, several runs. I mean, he that he lost. You know that game against uh, with Lance McCullers. He he what was it two or three pass balls. Come on, man. And his approach behind the dish is bad. Now, what I need to figure out is where's Max Stassi? Stassi? Did he? I, did he? I saw him. I saw him down on Figueroa. And uh, <laughs> what are you doing? He was picking up a four-piece from Jim Dandy. Because <laughs> he's definitely not in use. I don't know what's going on. But there's obviously a problem because Brian McCann is old. And it's not his fault. He's done his tour duty. He's just not the catcher that he used to be. But you can't have you can't keep having guys behind the dish who can't catch these guys who are throwing almost 100 miles an hour. And then you're calling the bad game. Then you can't receive the if you can't receive the ball, they can't bounce their breaking ball because they got a guy at third. So now you make you make them a one dimensional pitcher. 100 percent. And that's the truth, according to us, folks, on the Ozone. Coming at you with a big show soon, but right now we're just very, very, very focused on uh, Major League Baseball, the League Championship Series. I will catch you after the game tomorrow because i talk to you again once we have another two games to analyze. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I hope you guys are enjoying our espresso shots. This is the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. 